The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is an ACB Community Call, presented by American Council of the Blind. This Unmute Presents Education Series was hosted on Tuesday, December 13th, 2022. All right. Welcome, everyone, to our first education event, photography. So we're going to be doing that today. I just wanted to remind everyone here at the top, we're going to follow the same rules when it comes to questions. Make sure everyone gets their first uh, question answered. And then if we get through everyone, we'll take second questions. If you have any comments, questions or you need to get a hold of us, you can email us at unmutepresents at gmail.com. And uh, Michael, how's it going? What do you got for us today? Oh, oh, see, that's what happens when we double mute ourselves. Anyways, it's going well, Marty. Thanks for asking. Uh, so we have, uh, as Marty said, a, something a little bit different this time. And uh, I believe we'll have an opportunity for questions and answers to uh, be asked. However, I also have some new announcements to make. So uh, firstly, let's get the elephant in the room out of the way. We have been uh, podcasting a lot more content now. So we've almost tripled the amount of content that's coming out in the podcast feed. On last Thursday, we had a uh, podcast that dropped between Marty and myself, and it was about 26 minutes long, talking about backing up and uh, being able to back up your content and make sure that that you are secure, as well as backup power solutions. Uh, In addition, on Sunday, I published a short-form piece of content that's talking about how to subscribe to the Unmute Presents podcast. I know. If you don't know how to subscribe to the Unmute Presents podcast, how are you going to hear the podcast to help you subscribe to the Unmute Presents podcast? Anyways, I just wanted to throw that out there for people who are interested in Overcast. If you may be, uh, My thought was you may be subscribed somewhere else, so maybe you're interested in how to do it in Overcast. Uh, lastly, very important, after some, some requests from individuals and some desires, I can confirm that I have a representative from Rasmobile the company that makes the mini vision and smart vision phones uh, coming to speak at unmute on January 10th. So we'll remind people, especially those who are regular uh, visitors to the unmute presents call that January 10th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So our regular time, that's 1 p.m. Eastern Raz mobility will come and demonstrate slash talk about the uh, uh, mini vision line of products. And it uh, sounds like they'll be shipping me one to test out. So hopefully I'll have some more feedback on that. So that's the announcements I have. Remember that this podcast will be podcast. This call will be podcasted uh, shortly after the end of it. And with that, we have a special person here. So Michael is going to hand it off to Michael to introduce himself and talk about uh, photography from a visually impaired individual's perspective. Hey, Michael. 
Hi everyone. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks Marty and Michael. It is, you know, an honor and a pleasure to be here with you guys once again. If you guys remember, I was with you guys before when we discussed way around um, the tagging and scanning solution uh, for your iPhone and Android. So if uh, I'm sure, you know, you, you can go back and listen to that, but I'm back again to on a multi-part series. And this is a very, uh, Close topic to, to me because I feel like I'm, I'm a photography person. I love taking photos. And I, while I was a teacher at the Chris Cole Rehabilitation Center, I did a photography class occasionally. Uh, and so I figured it would be neat for us to do this, uh, in a podcast form, um, and, uh, where we could do it over several, uh, time, several sessions. It won't be every week, but, uh, we will, we'll do this occasionally to talk about uh, photography. And, you know, a lot of people think, oh, okay, it's, um, I have an iPhone, it's got a camera on it, I can use it to read things or use it with a sighted assistance to, um, to see something or things like that. And most people think, I don't, I don't want to take pictures because I can't see them. Well, the truth of the matter is that, um, there are a lot of ways that you can enjoy photography or you could use it to um, share it with your family. And, um, you know, today we're going to keep it simple. We'll, we'll go into more of the apps uh, in, a, in a later um, uh, session. Uh, we'll talk about a few things today, but, you know, the biggest thing that I want to talk about is uh, the fundamentals, and I may open up the camera app with VoiceOver a little bit just to um, to show that off. But the biggest thing, the most important thing, is to know that you can um, use the camera on your phone to take good pictures, and it doesn't matter <clears throat> if you have a little bit of vision, a lot of vision, no vision. Uh, it it really makes no difference. We can all take great pictures with our phones and that's you know why we're here today and so one of the things that i want to talk about is uh first off how does you know if you're on an iphone and this is kind of geared towards the iphone and you know maybe eventually we'll come back and, and talk about android uh on the iphone um you know we have our cameras and you know, most people think, you know, I've, I've worked with so many people that are uh, blind or low vision. They think that the cameras on the back of their phone is just at the center of the back of their phone. And so, um, a lot of people have difficulties in knowing where to hold their phone. Uh, you know, every phone has a little bit different camera placements and like, um, the, the, like the Samsung phones have, I call it the camera stoplight on, on the S21 because it has three camera lenses, one above the other and above the other. And the iPhone has um, cameras that are, you know, there's three of them on the Pro models, two on the others. But uh, the nice thing about these phones is they're all in one place. They're all centered around one area on the phone. Now, on the Pixel lineup, they're in different places. So lining up your cameras is pivotal. It's key to, you know, taking a good picture. The way that our eyes work is that we see out of our eyes straight ahead and then we have a, uh, an amount that we could see on the sides, right? Your camera works the same way. 
So it's kind of like you have your central vision and your peripheral vision, right? So uh, as uh, light comes into the camera, uh, it sees things just very similar to how our eyes work. That's how we take videos and that's how, you know, all these things work. Um, so when we take a picture, we're seeing what's, you know, behind our phone, like as if they are eyes. So the one thing that happens is some people will hold their phone as if they're looking at the screen or as if they're, um, you know, in, in all different ways. And the biggest thing, um, that you, that I like to say is when you're, when you're looking, when you're trying to take up, take a good picture, you need to make, have your phone, you need to hold it, uh, parallel to what you're trying to take. So if we're, if we're out doing O and M and we're out getting trained on, you know, we're crossing a street, you have parallel traffic that is in front of you. You hear the cars in front of your face. You want to hold your phone, you know, in that kind of an angle where it's up and down. So where the lightning port is pointed towards the ground and the volume buttons are pointed to the left and your, and your Siri button and things like that are pointed to the right. And that way, if you have the cameras pointed away from you, um, then you're going to take uh, the better shot. Now, if, you know, you always change that based on how you're going to be, um, you know, facing. Like if you have something on a desk, then you want to have the phone parallel to the desk and then have it a few feet away. You know, a, a lot of times other people think, you know, I need to put the, the camera right up to the thing that I'm trying to take a picture of. And that doesn't work either. You know, a lot of folks, um, including myself, are very used to the iPhone's camera app. Um, you know, I, I happen to have a, 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 a face right here and I'm going to use it. Um, so I'm going to turn on voiceover. Seventy-four degrees Fahrenheit, mostly cloudy. Okay, so I'm on my home screen, and so one of the, the nice things about Voiceover is it will give you information about um, your environment when you're using the camera. So I'm going to open the camera app. Camera, double tap to open. Camera, take picture button. So it options available. It automatically focuses me on the take picture button. But what I want to do is I'm going to flick left until I hear the viewfinder. Camera mode, zoom, one point, camera control status, photographic styles, or camera controls, viewfinder, focus unlock, image. Okay, so it's... tap to focus, computer keyboard. So it's already telling what is in, you know, it's seeing, which is kind of neat. It's describing things. So I'm going to look to my left. And voiceover's not doing it. Viewfinder, focus unlock, image. Double tap to focus, adult, printer, sofa, wood process, pneumatic video photo portrait panning, 4, 20, adult, sofa, wood process, so pneumatic video photo it's, portrait. It's interesting that it's not t doing the one face uh, that it used to do. Mine's doing it, actually. Uh, so Taylor's is doing one face. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's really interesting. There's So the, the nice thing about the, the iPhone is it will tell you how many faces are in the picture 
And mine was just telling me that there's an adult and what was in uh, the picture. So, and I was using the technique that um, I, I just explained. Now, one of the things that you do have to do is, and that helps sometimes, is to slowly move your phone until you get the shot that you want. You know, moving your phone quickly is not going to get, you know, you, you won't get all the details. It takes it a second to focus. But then you would want to find that take picture button, and then you could double tap on that to take a picture. Now, one, a lot of, one of the big questions people have is, okay, I took a picture. I don't, and, and we'll talk about how to work with pictures in an, in another, um, lesson. But one of the things that I want to talk about is the concept of a live photo. And what that is, is once you take a picture, then it actually takes a second and a half before and a second and a half after um, the, the picture's taken. And so you could double tap and hold on the picture in your photo library, and it will uh, play a small little clip of what was happening when you took that picture. So, you know, some people have even gotten well good enough where you can label a picture by talking right before and right after right or during the taking of the picture very difficult because you only have three seconds um but you can do it it's kind of neat so um for example uh one of the things that i enjoy is i i love rivers and water and i love taking photos of that right um but you know it doesn't matter much if you can't see the picture so one of the things that I enjoy doing is, you know, if there's, if like I'm taking a picture of a river and there's a ship going by, you know, you may get a picture while you could hear the motor of the ship or horn or different things that identify what the picture is. And it's really kind of neat. Uh, you could have people talking in the background. You could have, um, you know, uh, waterfalls or you could have different things. It's like, oh, you know, that audible cue reminds me that I was at this location when I took this. And you could then say, oh, hey, check out this neat picture I took at, uh, you know, this uh, aquarium or this um, place just based on the audio that was in the image on the live photo. So that's why live photos is great. Um, you know, the, the, the camera app really is an amazing app for what it does. And it's only one app on the phone. Um, but one of the, you know, going back to the concepts, we talked about how to position, you know, the camera and how to hold your camera. But one of the things that um, is really important is holding your phone still. And the reason is that the more, the more you hold your phone still, the better the image will be. The iPhone has, unlike a lot of cameras like the DSLRs or big bulky cameras, your iPhone has a, a very big brain and it can go in and say, oh, well, there's blurriness in this part of the image. There's dimness here. There's all these things. And so it can actually enhance uh, during the taking of the picture to make your picture look great. Now, um, it also has settings where you can turn all of that off and do what's called shooting raw. And that means that 
the picture that you take is just the data, that, like the light that comes into the camera. Um, so the camera itself is called a sensor. Uh, the lens and the sensor all work together to take in light and, and translate it into something that our uh, phones can understand. And we use these, um, we use a sensor in our cameras to do that. So one of the questions you may ask is, why does our phones need to have three cameras? Or, you know, the, I, I like to call the Samsung Galaxy um, S22 Ultra the incomplete braille cell. And that's because it has five camera lenses. Um, and it, it actually has dots one, two, and three, and then dots uh, four and five uh, of the braille cell. So um, there's, there's five lenses on that thing. And it really does, like, and I think the flash is in position six. So, I mean, you could argue that that's a full braille cell. So, you know, um, it's just gets crazy when you look at all of those cameras. Um, and each one has a different purpose. You know, the, the, the iPhone Pro models have a, um, a wide angle lens. They have a, a regular and a, a telephoto lens. And all those, you know, you don't need to know exactly what all those mean, but like the wide angle makes it to where you could look, you know, take pictures of a wider shot. Um, and each of them have different clarity values and all of that, you know, you could look up online. But different lenses are better for certain things than others. But what it allows you to do is um, now they have software built in where you can take a picture with one lens and you say, oh, I didn't get exactly what I wanted in that one shot. So you could zoom out after taking the photo and say, ah, that has it in there. So I'm going to use that version of the picture. So there's a lot of image editing things that you can do uh, you know, with an image that having one camera doesn't let you do. The other thing that it lets you do is zoom in further. Um, so if you're using OCR, it can, it can do those things. And, you know, um, that's why we have all of these cameras on our devices is so that we can take advantage of um, different lenses, different light levels and things like that. For example, um, and the, these things change all the time, certain lenses do not support night mode. And what that lets you do is if you have something that it, it's really dark outside, you can take a picture and it will um, make it look really good at night. And the interesting thing about that is, um, is that it's Google Pixel does it, iPhone does it. I'm not sure about Samsung if they have that built in or not. Um, but it just makes shots look great in low light. It, each one does it a little different, but it all makes pictures look great instead of being blurry. Because that's always been, you know, if it's really dark outside, it's hard to make a shot look great. Um, so, you know, those are some basic camera fundamentals. We have our, um, you know, the, our, our basic, you know, um, there's a lot of terms like aperture size, which means, um, you know, the size of the lens where light levels can come in. We have, you know, different stats there. But um, the, the biggest thing to, to really think about with cameras 
is what is going to be the best camera that you can use at the time? You know, I, I own a Canon Rebel um, T7i, which is a really nice, well, it's not really nice, but it's a good digital camera that has um, detachable lenses. And that's great. And I love that camera. Uh, it has a touch screen and all those things. It's completely inaccessible, of course. Um, but you can, you know, do some great shots with it. Uh, the problem with that camera is it's a huge camera that needs a camera bag. And, you know, you have to lug it around if you want to take it somewhere. With your iPhone, you have an accessible an affordable camera that you don't have to buy anything else with. And the iPhone camera, you know, Apple does uh, these uh, shot on iPhone ads and things like that where they show all these pictures or videos and things like that. Um, so there's so many ways that you can use your iPhone with that. The other thing I want to talk about is um, the difference between portrait and landscape. And... Um, if you're not aware, portrait mode is where you're holding your phone with the power button, like we talked about, pointing down to the ground and volume to the left or and um, the side button to the right. Now, if, you, um, if you're holding it like that, then it's in portrait. And think of a printed piece of paper, an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. That is a portrait page. If you're holding it, you know, uh, as we would normally print it off the printer. If you turn that page to landscape or on its side, then what you're doing is you're, you're holding it in, in a different um, viewing angle. And we do that with our uh, phones. We can turn our phones to landscape to watch a movie or take a video or any number of things there. So, um, you could take a picture or a video in portrait or landscape and, um, <clears throat> you know, a picture looks great in land in portrait, but you can get more, um, to the left and right in landscape. So it just depends on, you know, if you have a family photo, you may want to use landscape. If you're taking a selfie, you know, you, know, you may want to use portrait. So these are all of the different things that you can use, you know, terms and, and ways of doing things where you can hold your phone, um, where you can make your, fo your photos look great. Um, so I guess at this point, I would like to open it up for any questions because, uh, you know, I could go on about different topics, but I'd like to know what people are interested in learning about photography. So before we get to those questions, Michael, thank you so much for coming in and explaining a lot of these. Uh, I have a comment that I want to make and a mm -hmm. question for you. So okay. the comment that I want to make is, and, and I think this is kind of interesting, while he was talking and demonstrating the uh, camera on iOS, I have my Pixel 6 Pro here that I was playing with because I'm like, I wonder if I can get some of that feedback from the Pixel 6 Pro. And you can. Uh, one of the cool things is, is it'll tell you uh, one face 30% 
percent of screen great for selfie is the feedback wow. that, that the Pixel wow. gives you when you're using your front facing or back facing camera. Again, this is on the Pixel Six Pro with uh, Android version thirteen. Um, what? A, but but on the other hand, it does not give you um, environmental feedback such as the iPhone does, where it tells you that you're pointing it at a, at a computer or or whatnot. So, you know, give and take with with both of these devices. Uh, there are tools on Android to be able to make that happen. My question for you, though, Michael, is when I go and I look at cameras and 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 I look at phones and it says this camera has a 36 megapixel camera and this camera has a 120 megapixel camera. Does bigger megapixel numbers always mean better? Great question. And the answer is no. Bigger does not mean better. Um, with megapixels, um, you know, most iPhones have always uh, done pictures at 12 megapixel. And even with the iPhone 14 Pro lineup, they increased the sensor to four, 48 megapixels, I believe. And what happens is when you have it set to 48, it's going to take a picture, use its artificial intelligence and set, take all of that great information and scale it back down to 12 megapixel because those 48 megapixel images are huge. They have, a, they take up a lot of data and um, they just, they're, they're big. Now, what you can do, and we talked about this earlier, you can set your settings to raw and you can get that full 48 megapixel image, uh, but it won't be edited or no AI work will be done to it. You could do all of that. Uh, as production on your own, but uh, that just means that there's there's more work you have to do to it. But you can get that full 48 megapixel you know image. The bigger you know the the sensor is slightly bigger on the 48 megapixel compared to the others. So you'll notice the camera bumps are bigger on the 14 Pro line, um, and so you do get more information than a 12 megapixel, but. You know, you may not get as good of an image um, in in that in that space. So there's a like aperture size, light level, um, all of those things are um, keys to making a good image, not just your megapixel size. Kind of like on your computer when you say, "Well, I've got 16 gigs of DDR2." Well, I've got um, eight gigs of DDR4, which one's better? Well, there's, you know, um, a lot of factors that go into there. The speed of the memory can balance out the amount of memory. So uh, it just depends, you know, if there's compared to, and also comparing unified memory, like on the M1 chips to, you know, non-unified memory, they all have their trade-offs. So it's, again, kind of like music editing. What uh, does what you're looking for? Certain lenses are better for night shots, certain images. Like, I think the new iPhones, even their new lenses can take macro shots. And macro means, you'd think it means big. But what it means is, if I take a macro picture, I'm taking a picture of a, of a um, butterfly or a caterpillar or, some, or a flower. And I'm making it huge so that I can see it in detail, even though it's a tiny thing. We're making something small bigger, so we're macroing it. Um, so there's, you know, all of those things go into account when you're looking at lenses. And that's why it's better to have more lenses on a phone 
than to not. And, you know, like I, I love the camera on the um, iPhone SE. It's a great camera, but it's only one. There's only one lens. So you only get the capabilities that you have on that one lens. But even on the iPhone 13, um, for example, I went bowling and I took both of these phones. I took the, or three phones because, you know, I'm that kind of person. I had uh, the SE, I had the 13 and the 14 Pro Max. And I zoomed in on the scoreboard at the top of the bowling alley to see if I, how well I could read it. I could barely read it with the SE. I could read it a little bit better with the um, 14, I mean, with the 13. And then I could read it extremely well with the 14 Pro. The last thing I'll say on all of that is um, camera placement is key. Knowing where the line of sight with your cameras is, is important because uh, one of the things that really just gets me on some of the Android phones like the Pixel is you need to know where you're going to aim your camera, right? And so when you have the camera bar, I call the Pixel's camera area the, the camera bar because it goes from one side of the phone to the other and they spread those lenses out. You don't really know where that lens is pointing compared to other lenses. So it could be the left part of the phone, the middle part, or the right part of the phone. Whereas on the iPhones or the Samsungs, it's all in that one upper right area. So those are things to look at too when you're, when you're buying a phone is where's the, where's the camera? Kind of like on the, uh, kind of like on the iPads, you know, most of them, when you're using the camera is if it's in landscape, it's off to the left and the new iPads it's in, it's on landscape on in the center. So there's just so many camera placements. It's good to just Google. I have an iPad pro. Where's my camera? That sort of thing. So Michael, I wanted to jump in. I had a question for you as well. Uh, a lot of people are really interested in being able to capture text with their phone or their iPad. So maybe you can talk a little bit about the best way to capture text. What is OCR? And once you have the text captured, where you would put it, whether that's uh, a stock app or any third-party apps. So OCR stands for Optical Character Recognition. And the, th the thing about OCR is it's now built into the camera app and you can even use the Notes app. So I would start with the Notes app and there's a, you know, like we could demo this on another podcast. But the, the neat thing about the Notes app, there is a way to scan a document and it will take the, the text that is out, uh, that is in there on, in a picture and put it in the Notes app. But optical character recognition is basically OCR. And it, what it does is it takes an image and uses artificial intelligence to figure out if there's text in that image. So, of course, lighting and clarity and all of those aspects that make a good photo make a good text image for OCR. This means that, um, you know, apps like Seeing AI, which is one of my favorites, um, and, you know, Envision AI, SuperSense AI, all of those use um, AI to look at the text and figure out what is written there. So when you scan a document, it's basically taking a picture. And this is how OpenBook and, and others do it too, guys, is um, 
they use a camera to take a picture or a scanner to scan the image. And then it looks at it and comes up with the text. So you can read text with the camera out, but I highly recommend something like the Notes app or Seeing AI. Um, the nice thing about Seeing AI is it will try to format the text uh, with headings and links and or, or maybe not links, but colored text and bullets and lists and things like that so that you can you know, easily navigate it with voiceover, which is really nice for um, uh, scanning text. For the best rules of thumb for scanning a document is we talked about having a um, your camera parallel with whatever you're trying to capture. And you want to do that with this as well. And you want to have it about a foot to a foot and a half away from the text you're trying to capture. The nice thing about seeing AI's document mode and several others is that these apps will actually tell you if you have a page in view. So I highly recommend those. Um, the Notes app can do certain things. It'll tell you text detected, things like that. But check out Seeing AI and, you know, we'll go into OCR a little more in other lessons and things and uh, talks. All right. I think we have a question, I believe, in Clubhouse. Uh, Chanel, do we want to see who's got a question in Clubhouse? Uh, well, we can ask Andrea for that. I don't believe there are no currently no hands in Zoom. But um, Andrea, who do we have in Clubhouse? Let's see. Nancy is now your. Um, oh, your, okay, Nancy. Yeah. Then we may not we have any questions. No, we do not have any questions in Clubhouse at the moment. Okay, and I'm just double checking Zoom. We? If anybody has any questions in Zoom, you can go ahead and raise your hands and we can uh, take some questions. Oh, all right. Um, E.G., I think. Yeah, Hi, go ahead and unmute. Uh, E.G., how are you doing? I'm doing fine, Marty and Michael. I had a real quick question. Um, the speaker mentioned three different um, um, programs, Scene AI and Vision AI, and I couldn't quite catch the third one. The other one was SuperSense AI, I believe. SuperSense AI? That's correct. Mm -hmm. All right, I'll check that out as well. Thank you. All right, and next up we have Nate, and I do believe we have someone unmuted in Clubhouse. If you could um, mute until your turn, that'd be great. Um, but next up is Nate. Hey, Nate, how you doing? Okay, I'm trying to get unmuted. Okay, quick question. Where would you recommend to go to find step by step directions to take photos with an iPhone. Um, Michael and Marty, you guys may know this, but there's a book, right? There's a, is it through APH? Um, it might be under the Take Control series. They put out a lot no. of books by no. the, what were you going to say, Michael? Um, there is an accessibility book that's not through Take Control. And uh, if you stick around with us, Nate, for about 30 more seconds, I'll find that book for you. I know exactly what you're talking about there, Michael. All right, let's go to Clubhouse. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. We do have a hand in Clubhouse now. Herbie. Hey, All Herbie. right. Hello. Um, I want to go back to something you were talking about, and I think I may have lost something. Um, so you were saying that really, for instance, like we do not benefit from the higher megapixel cameras with the iPhone. Is that what you were saying, or am I misunderstanding? 
So we do benefit from the higher megapixel. Um, we the higher megapixel does not always mean a better picture, is what I was what I was getting at. But what uh. what happens is, uh, if you have it just set to the defaults, it still takes a twelve megapixel camera. But it, what it does is it takes that forty eight megapixel that's on the uh, fourteen Pro line and scales it down and uses the more information that's given in the 48 megapixel. And the AI is like, oh, I can make this better by using this data. I can make this better by using this data. And it makes a better picture at 12 megapixel, partly to save space, but partly because a, 12, a 48 megapixel image, if you were just to put like the resolution um, in like for printing or just for editing would be huge. Um, so there's, you know, we do benefit. It's just typically it scales it down to, to 12 megapixel. All right. So one other question I have, because this is always an issue, and maybe you, I don't know if you have an answer for this or not, but when it comes to OCR apps, like, um, you know, seeing AI and all that, do they benefit from, you know, like, say, because one of the things I've always thought about is, do I want a 14 Pro because it's going to have a better camera than just even the 13 and maybe see things better? Would you say that is the case, or do you have an answer for that? Or, you know, it, it depends on, um, you know, the, the, uh, the way I look at it is uh, any, any better main camera, like the 48 megapixel that's built in the 14 Pro will definitely make those apps work better because they'll, they can take advantage of taking pictures in that. You know, even if you don't use the app, you could always take a picture in another app and import the picture into the app because some of these apps do not have zoom capability. So like the zooming and, and being able to zoom in and out can really affect how well the scan, the, the image is. But Mm -hmm. like if, if the app itself does not take advantage of the camera system, you could always use another app, you know, even having like the camera app read the text out loud. You say, oh, that's getting a really good shot of that. Take the picture and then import it into import it. seeing AI. And that will, you know, give you probably the best OCR. All right. Perfect. Thanks for being Chanel. Who do we got next? Okay. We have two in Zoom and then I'll double check in Clubhouse. First um, up is Ibrahim. Oh, wait. I think, hold on. Michael, did you have something you wanted to jump yeah, in? Yeah, I with? just wanted to follow up on Nate's question before we go to your Ibrahim. Um, so there was a book produced and it's available at National Braille Press by Judy Dixon. The name of the book is Capturing and Sharing the World, Taking Photos and Videos with an iPhone. So that may be helpful for you as well. Again, available at National Braille Press. Thanks, Michael. All right, Chanel. Yes, Ibrahim, go ahead and ask your question, okay. please. Um, I wanted to know, when positioning your camera uh, to an object, say you want to take a picture of an object, is your phone centered to that object or is that, are you centering your camera to the object? Great um, question. If, you're, yeah, if your camera, because my camera is on the top right of my phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great question. You want to center the camera. So that means that, you know, a lot of people will just try to center their iPhone um, with the picture, but with the object, but you want to think of it as the top right. And that's a, you know, that's why I always say like the Google Pixel uh, later phones, they have it, you know, that whole bar. So it's hard to know where to line up. But with the iPhones, you want to think of a 
make a straight line with like mentally or if you need to do it, you know, with your hand, kind of take your hand from your camera and go to the object that you want. Make it a straight okay. line. And then, you know, usually if you're taking a picture of an object, you know, about like the same for OCR, about a foot away, we'll get a good picture, a good shot. Um, okay, because I always get confused when I think it's SuperSense uh, tells you to put your phone in the middle of the page and then slowly lift it up. So I always put my phone in the middle of the page instead of where the camera should be in the middle of the mm -hmm. page, if you get what I'm saying. Well, the reason why SuperSense tells you to do that is once you get to a certain distance uh, away from the page, the whole page will be in the camera, um, okay. the viewfinder anyway. So that will work for a page. But, um, you know, if you're looking at other objects or people, okay. um, you know, that's where it might differ. And even with a page, uh, if it's an abnormal size of a page or different things, um, just, you know, use that other um, method as well. One thing I'll jump in here really quick. If you have a hard time keeping your phone steady while you're trying to scan text from a document, say, you know, on a piece of paper or something like that, they make a plethora of different kinds of stands. And a lot of them have a way to have your phone so the camera is facing down and the screen's facing up. And then you don't have to hold the phone, you can then have the phone facing down at the table, and then you can take the paper and move that around in front of the camera until it sets mm -hmm. up and gives you the perfect, you know, spot to actually then grab and scan the text. So they make stands in for iPads and iPhones in all different kinds of price points and stuff like that. It's something to think about having if you have a hard time uh, keeping your phone steady. That would help a lot. Another okay, thing um, that's really... Oh, go ahead. Uh, sorry, I was just going to say that um, what also helps me keep my phone steady is instead of tapping the take the picture button, I um, use the volume up. Yes, exactly. That's what I was about to say, is that if you're taking a picture and you want to hold your hand steady, double tapping is going to move your phone a lot. And so pressing that volume up or volume down uh, keys will, will take a picture pretty quick. Um, another thing, and this is uh, a little bit uh, geeky, a little bit on the, the nerd, nerd side, but there is a, um, uh, if you go into the uh, Shortcuts app, if you go to the gallery, you could do a search for the shortcut called Say Cheese. And basically what this will do is you add it to your phone and you can tell uh, S lady or S I R I, uh, say cheese and it will automatically with anywhere on your phone. You don't even have to be in the camera app. It'll just take a photo out of your camera. That is kind of cool. One thing I will confirm also for people who are curious about it, the volume keys do work with Pixel now as well. They did not for a while. So now uh, with the, at least again, the Pixel 6, it will work for you to just tap one of the volume keys to take the uh, picture as well. Fantastic. All right. And Chanel, do we have another hand? Yes, we do. We have several, but first we're going to go to Jewel and then check in Clubhouse. So Jewel, go ahead and unmute, please. Hi. Hey, Jewel. How um, you doing? I actually have several questions. I'm doing all right, uh, Michael. Thank you. Um, that's Marty. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible with voices. 
Um, I actually have several questions, and they're not necessarily with taking pictures, but with the Photos app and the OCR app. Um, so the first question I have is about um, labeling photos in the Photos app. Is it better to do a three-finger double tap to label, or is it better to do a caption through the info button? And is there a case purpose for the other way? I'll give my thoughts, but I'd love to hear what Michael and Marty have to say on this. I, I like the caption because if you change your phone, you, you move it, you, you change phones and things like that. The three finger double tap is a voiceover label. And so mm -hmm. if something changes about that image, right, that can, that can change. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you caption it, um, then that, that is a little different. So Marty and Michael, what are your thoughts? I think I the, like uh, uh, actually labeling the picture itself is going to be uh, always the best way because then the label will follow the picture around no matter what mm -hmm. or where you have the picture. If you do it the other way, it's only on your device. Once the photo leaves the device, if you didn't actually label the photo itself, then the text would be gone or the labeling would be gone for that photo and you'd have to do it wherever it landed next. So, so to clarify, uh, you mean the captioning label, correct? Correct. Okay, just clarifying. And then I don't label my pictures because I'm a horrible person uh, and I don't really care. I mean, I do, but most of it, I don't take enough pictures that I would be lost on going through my pictures. I know what pictures I took on what dates usually. And when I, when I don't remember, honestly, I don't need that picture anymore. So I, I personally do not label pictures myself. I just go off of the metadata that's provided to me from voiceover with information inside that image or the date and time of the image. Yeah, I will say I have uh, 500 pictures from the last year, including 200 from a recent photo shoot. So uh, <laughs> labeling is important. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so, and there's some nuances. Um, so I did have a couple so, other questions, but we can go to other people and come back if you'd rather. Yeah, we have a few other hands yeah. up, so okay. let's get to those, and then we'll come back around if we have time, Jewel. Okay, do we have anyone in Clubhouse? Yes, Cindy Hollis. Hi. Hey, um, Cindy. <laughs> hey, I love taking pictures. I'm totally blind. I do it all the time, and I am told they're really good. I wanted to offer a suggestion um, for taking photos. If you have access to IRA, which most of us do, at least for free, it might be minimal for those that aren't paying for the service once every 24 hours, I think it is, um, or once every 48 hours. I don't know. It's changed. But anyway, um, having them help you take the picture will give you some ideas on where to move your hand, how far distance-wise, tilting, all if we lost her yeah we did um, yeah. um anyway tilting you know tilting it um distance all of that stuff so i just think that that's a just another resource to use. It definitely is. Thank you, Cindy, for sharing Thanks, that. Cindy. I meant to mention it because IRA yeah. is one of those tools that, that just keeping your toolbox, you can go take your own pictures, but having sighted interpretation of those images uh, while you're in the in the motion of taking the pictures, I think it will yes. help. It, it helps me a lot with being able to orient myself. And also myself. with lighting. You know, we don't always Unmuted. think about like lighting in our house, um, yeah. in the room and where like where the light should be coming from. You know, if it's behind us, whether it's in front of us, those kinds of things. 
um, that that's really uh, a, once you start learning that from them, you'll pick up on it and you'll go, oh, well, it's not giving me the information I want. Oh, maybe I should turn the light on. <laughs> so, all right. Thank you. Know, you. And, Cindy, and Cindy, I want to uh, mention that that is really good advice. Um, you know, that you having Ira help is a really good way to, uh, you know, get a good picture and you know they they are really good at at taking good photos i don't know how much control over all of the cameras on your phone they have uh so that is one thing to keep in mind as well so i if if anybody knows if they can use like all three cameras um that's you know that would be really good information to know there are some apps third-party apps that there are some third-party apps that allow you to use all three cameras. I believe one of them is called Filmic, and you can actually uh, use each one of the cameras in a different way separately and individually. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it costs a little money for it, but it really enhances what you can do with all it three does. cameras. The so, But some apps just, like uh, certain OCR apps, just use the one camera. Like you can't use, zoom in or out using the other two cameras if you have that system. Um, so that's one thing to, uh, uh, and, and, you know, one thing that's neat about seeing AI and, and other apps that use LIDAR is you could actually get a good determination about how far away from an object you are using that LIDAR with seeing AI and other apps. So that's also a really, you know, if you know, I need to be a foot away, then you can use that to determine that. All right. Chanel. Yes. Okay. Next up, we have Nora. Nora, you may unmute. Hey, Nora, how you doing? Doing great. Hi. Yeah. Uh, my question is, I have an iPad 16.1, a new iPad, and I have a camera, and I'm wondering if I want to take a picture of a document, like, say, a notice from the management where I live. How far, how far, or any objects without any writing, um, how far distance can I take a picture with the uh, camera? I would say about a foot. Oh, okay. I just wondered. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Foot to a foot and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, Chanel. Okay, next up we have okay, Anthony. Hello, I'm also a, a huge photo person, so I wanted to drop two tips into the conversation. Um, the first one for OCR, I found um, I bought a, a plain black placemat. And if I center the document on the plain black placemat and use like my elbow to my fingertips as the distance, I usually can get it very, very quickly and a very, very clear, you know, scan of that. Um, the other thing when I when I'm helping folks who are trying to take pictures for the first time with the iPhone. I told them to make a cradle with their left hand using the pointer finger and the thumb, basically making that L and holding the phone with the right hand and sending it in and holding it to their chin and figuring out where the camera will fit between the two spaces between your eyes above your nose and moving it forward from there. And then as you turn your head, take your phone, you, you know, holding it and take it the same way. And what I, I've done it with Ira with folks, um, but I know you could do it with seeing AI and certain other, um, use the, the object recognition 
um, in a, in an OCR app or IRA, and then try to focus on things before you start taking pictures and get that feedback. Um, and that'll kind of teach you, you know, where you need to hold the camera to get certain things. Like, you know, where things in your house are. I have a wine rack and I have um, a figure on top of the wine rack. So, I, you know, whenever I have somebody here that needs that, we, you know, we'll focus on that first. We'll get a clearer image of that and then move on to other things. But once you kind of get the orientation of where you're holding your phone, you'll be able to take really good pictures. Right. Anthony, Those are, my are you tips. using uh, a stock app to capture or what are you using for your app once you have the text captured? Um, I use uh, Microsoft Seeing AI mostly, <laughs> um, but I also have the Envision glasses. So I also have the Envision app on the phone. And once in a while, I use that, too. Cool. Thank you. Um, and especially, by the way, for checks, if you want to do, everyone's like, oh, I can't do mobile banking. I can't do mobile <laughs> banking. Put the check on the black placemat right in the center, hold it up, you know, an arm's length up and you'll get it within, yep. you know, then flip it over and do the other side. And once you do one or two checks, you'll become an expert. You know, uh, oh, can, Go ahead, can I add something real quick? Um, you know, with checks, what I typically do for, you know, is I will put the phone on top of the check and then lift it up until like I, I use chase for my banking and it can yeah. auto take the picture. And it'll tell you. Yep. So I just lift the check. I mean, I lift the phone up, you know, put it down on top of the check, lift the check and the back, lift up the phone over the check and then it will automatically take the picture. Um, you know, when another thing that I do as a tip for, for me, I'm low vision. So, you know, I will use my phone to take pictures. But what I do is I put the camera basically where my right eye is, where my good eye, and that's the same side of the phone, the iPhone. Uh, so I put the camera about where my eye is. And then, you know, I may lift up a little bit to see the screen. But if you put, you know, make it to where you're like looking through the camera, um, like where your yes. eye is, where like the phone's in front of your um I then you're going to get a pretty good shot if you're looking in the direction where you um, where the object is. So that's another way, you know, make it to where your head, your phone moves with your head. If you move your phone around to find something. Yes. All right. We're running uh, a little bit close on time. So let's try and get these last couple of questions answered real quick. Yes. Did we have anyone else in Clubhouse? Not right now. Okay, so let's go ahead and go to Jane Sir. Hi. Um, for me, um, can somebody explain the how does my um, iPhone work now with the supposedly you can use your iPhone camera as your what is it web? Cam so, thingy? Continuity cam. Yep. Whatever, um, whatever that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the way that works, and it's really neat, um, is that you can use a stand. You Belkin makes one, and you attach it to the top of your computer, to your top of your Mac. Uh, this is a Mac-only feature. There's other apps that make this work with Windows. I, I don't know what they are off the top of my head. But built into Mac, you can clip your phone to the top of your computer and your phone will just show up as a device that you could pick from in Zoom, supposedly, or, or you know, it any works. of these apps. 
Mm-hmm. It works. I've been using it actually for some live TV content that I'm producing with a, a couple of companies. Mm-hmm. And you don't even have to clip it to your phone. I actually have a tripod sitting behind my MacBook. So it goes over the screen and over my boom arm. So it doesn't see, well, actually my Ooh. boom arm goes over it. So it doesn't see my boom arm, but it sees my face in focus. And I use the camera app to make sure that it says one face centered before I go in. Uh, if you're a Windows user, you can use the can you see me? app at can you see me dot app but then in zoom i go to the right of the uh, video enable button there's an option that says video uh, drop down you choose that and then you choose cam iphone camera and then your iphone will make a sound to let you know that it has switched over to that and then your camera is working just fine Uh, i know we have another hand but real quick if you are on windows and you need to do this my recommendation is a tool called camo c-a-m-o so does it use the Back facing yes. or the front? You can use whatever back camera, front or yeah. back, I think. Oh. Yep. By default, one, it'll use the back facing. And one other thing, if you're on a, a Mac computer, there's also a setting where you could have one of the cameras facing you and the second camera facing down at the desk at the same time. If mm-hmm. you want to talk and also demo something, it'll show your desk and you can you know, show that you're demoing something either on your phone or something else, putting something together, unboxing something, any of that. So it allows you to have one camera facing you at your face and one camera facing down at the table at the same time. So it's that's a pretty cool feature also. All right, Chanel, we got yeah, one more? Well, we do, but that's a repeat. Do we have time? Yeah, let's try and get it answered real quick. Okay, Jewel, go ahead and unmute. Okay, so I'll cover the other question that I had. Um, is there an app, an OCR app, that allows you to edit the description that it creates or add an additional description within that app? Hmm. So, like, you, for example, if I have a photo of a cat and it, the description I'm seeing says it's a dog, can I change it to say it's a cat? Um, I'm not sure. I'm, I, I know I'm not that aware you can, of one. Yeah. All right. It'd be nice. Okay. That yeah. might be something to suggest to Microsoft for their seeing AI app. Perhaps I might do that. Thank there you. you. Yeah, thank you, Jewel. Um, and thank you, Michael, for coming. This has been a very interesting conversation and, and really makes uh, me remember that there is uh, that important camera in my pocket that I could be using. Um, and I'll let Marty close it up for everyone and tell you how to get a replay of today's call. All right, everyone. Thanks for coming. We are back next week with our regularly scheduled content, asking any of your tech questions and trying to get those answered. If you have uh, questions, comments, suggestions, or anything, you can email us at unmutepresents at gmail.com. And I'd like to thank Chanel and everyone else who helped us out today. And Michael, you got any last parting words for us? Nope, just that thing. Oh, other Michael, or were you asking me? Oh. <laughs> no, no, I don't have any parting words. Thank you for joining us again, Michael. And if you guys missed anything or you want to go back and listen to the replay, it'll be on the Unmute Presents podcast feed here within about an hour. Thanks, Michael Doyce, for coming out. We really appreciate you today. And everyone else, have a great week. And we'll see you back here next week, same time, same place. And have a great week, everybody. 